The mayor of Normal, optimistic the town's revenue growth is not a one-year blip. A lot of good-paying jobs have shown up in the community, so I think we're going to be strong. What the town plans to do with that additional tax money is coming up on WGLT's news magazine, Sound Ideas. Good afternoon, I'm John Norton. Also on today's show, you'll hear from a Hayworth teacher who brought training opportunities students don't often find in rural schools. Looking at the options that we had in this area and saying, I think we can do that. I think we have students that could do that and I'm willing to try it. Katie Brummer is now a finalist for Illinois Teacher of the Year. Plus, the new leader in Illinois' conservation efforts explains how climate change will impact her role running a state agency. We have this one planet. We have this one chance to right the ship. Those stories follow a Bloomington Normal News update, which is just ahead. This is WGLT's Sound Ideas on 89.1 FM and WGLT.org, part of the NPR network. Support for WGLT comes from Bloomington Normal Audiology. Hear My Story continues with local patient Ryan Fuller and his mother Stephanie. I used to be under impression that I'd get made fun of and bullied, but I have not. People have actually like, oh, that's cool, you know? It's just something different, and I embrace that. Ryan and Stephanie's full story can be found at bnaudiology.com. This is WGLT's news magazine, Sound Ideas. Good afternoon, I'm John Norton, broadcasting from the campus of Illinois State University in Normal. The town of Normal is using increased tax revenue to catch up on various projects in the $200-plus million budget the town council approved this week. Mayor Chris Coos tells WGLT's Eric Stock he's optimistic the growth that led to the increased revenue will continue in the coming years. Looking out five years, I think uh, we, can, we can expect more of the same. But, you know, as you go from year two to year three, year three to year four, and year four to year five, those numbers get harder to predict. But I'm, I'm pretty optimistic for the next couple of years, at least, that that will happen. I mean, we've got, we've got full employment, new people in the community. Um, uh, a lot of good-paying jobs have shown up in the community. So I think we're going to be strong. So how does that impact or does it impact uh, the budgeting process in the future? Uh, we continue to be somewhat conservative on our, on our budgeting, um, and um, if we if we miss on on the low side, we just roll those dollars into next year's budget and and, and try to get more work done. So you know we're doing some intensive work uh, increases in work and capital projects for parks and recreation, roads, uh, uh, water and and sewer infrastructure. We've got. We've got dollars to um, play some catch-up that maybe we couldn't have done during the last recession and uh, during COVID. How long might it take to catch up and will that additional growth in future years get the town there? You know, we're feeling pretty comfortable about where we are and taking advantage of the fact that we've got a strong, uh, strong budget right now. Uh, you know, you never get totally caught up. These projects are ongoing, you know, by the time... You've gone through and replaced all the all the water mains you need over a 40- or 50-year period. It's time to start over again. Well, just a few weeks after the town council had struck down what would have been the town's second cannabis retail store, there's another proposal now in a different location. You've said the council needs to take a big-picture approach and discussion about where these pot shops can go. Is there time to have that discussion before the second location comes up for a vote? Um, it's it's hard to say. You know, I want to see what happens with the Zoning Board of Appeals uh, as it goes through that process. I don't want to second guess um, the 
commissions that we put together to look at these items. Um, I think that is a discussion. Uh, we have one dispensary in town. Uh, you know, informal co- uh, talk between council members. Uh, do we do we limit to two in the community? Do we limit it to three in the community? That's a discussion I think we have time to, to have. Do you anticipate any issues with this particular request? Not in the same location, lower traffic area, though I know you said the ZBA should get first bite at this. You know, m- my personal gut says it's probably a better location, but I'm not going to speak for the council because we haven't talked about it. Do you think there's support for capping in it, too? Um... I think there's definitely support for capping it at, at three. I'm not so sure everyone's uh, going to say two. Uh, you know, half of half of my thought process is the, the market's going to determine how many you can have in the marketplace. Is there concern then if the town of Normal caps it and Bloomington says, okay, we'll take them, we'll have six, and that tax money goes there instead? Uh, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. Again, six, six uh, in Bloomington and nine or three in Normal. That's nine in the community. I don't see the market sustaining that. Just throwing out a number, by right. the way, not saying that that's in the works, but who knows? It could get there. Shifting gears to one voice, a local delegation went to Washington, D.C. to lobby for federal funding on projects, as it does annually. Uh, so who represented the town and what came of those discussions? So uh, representing the town was um, uh, Council Member Harris, uh, City Manager Pam Reese, uh, Public Works Director Ryan Otto, and myself. And we were uh, uh, going out presenting two projects on the town of Normal. One is a, a flood project. Um, we're seeing in the intersection of Beaufort and uh, Broadway, uh, 100-year rains every year. Uh, and uh, they have flooded the uh, Marriott Hotel lobby and more significantly the Hyatt. And Watterson actually had some flooding as a result. So we have to, we have to uh, beef up the sewer, uh, sewers in that area to handle these, these uh, rains that when we designed the system, we didn't see 100-year rains every year. And a second project? Second project is uh, an extension that kind of in partnership with the Bloomington Normal Water Reclamation District. It's a sewer extension into North Normal. Uh, it will pick up um, Brant, and uh, there's a large warehouse that's uh, just been built. And it would also pick up uh, um, Nispon Trucking. And and this is kind of important to to um, support what we see as an, a growth in that industrial area there, but also in the long term, um, it it is a piece that would allow Hudson to connect into Bloomington Normal Water Reclamation, and and Bloomington Normal Water Reclamation is looking at their future as being more of a regional uh, resource than just a Bloomington Normal resource. Are you optimistic that uh, the federal government will come through with that funding? Um, I'm always optimistic when it comes to that. Uh, sometimes my uh, hopes get dashed, but um, I think we've got good projects there. I, I should touch on the third project because I think it's an important one, too, and that's uh, we took three total projects. That would be a cargo road to serve the FedEx uh, facility at Bloomington Normal Regional Airport, uh, Central Illinois Regional Airport, if you will. Um, and 
there's a lot of truck traffic going in and out of there, and they're using the main entrance road, and that road was really never designed to carry that kind of traffic. And uh, so a cargo road going into that area uh, also opens up uh, some logistics possibilities on 45 acres of land that the airport has. As we continue on Sound Ideas with the Town of Normal Mayor Chris Coos, this does segue into another airport issue. State Senator Dave Kaler has proposed a bill that would expand the Bloomington Normal Airport Authority boundaries beyond the Twin Cities. It would expand its taxing authority to all of McLean County. Has the airport board discussed this with the town law? We talked about it a couple of years ago, I think pre-COVID, and kind of let that ride during that time frame. But it makes the airport um, more competitive with the regional airports nearby. In what way? Um, They have larger taxing uh, base than than we do, so the the dollars that they generate from their tax base is significantly larger than what we do. Do you anticipate that this would enable them to perhaps lower the rate for those who are already paying in Bloomington and Normal, since you're making the pie bigger? Um, it will do that initially, um, and for how long, I, I can't say, but um, it will lower the uh, property tax rate um, for Bloomington residents and, and normal residents. I think um, the number I am remembering, I could be wrong on this, uh, was on a $175,000 home in Bloomington and normal would reduce your tax about $55. Is it fair for someone who lives in Bellflower and is just as close to the airport in Champaign to pay what someone in Bloomington pays to, to use the airport that's 30 miles away? Well, given given the competitiveness of that, um, of that industry, uh, you're certainly going to be looking at, at uh, Syrah over Champaign in terms of options for travel. Councilmember Kimberly Harris uh, recently was named to the uh, Race, Equity, and Leadership Council through the National League of Cities. Harris is, of course, the only person of color ever to serve on the town council. Any substantive changes that could come out of this uh, for the town or how it should think about its government and inequity issues as a whole? Uh, Kimberly Harris has been very, very involved and in, in rising up into leadership with the National League of Cities. So it's a it's a it's a natural step for her. Yeah, uh, she has she has brought back um, initiatives from National League of Cities uh, that we've implemented uh, a youth program, uh, youth on a mission that, that came as a pilot out of National League of Cities. So, yes, I think she'll bring uh, valuable uh, things back to our community. Are there areas where the town either government or the town as a whole, could be more equitable? Always. Don't ask me where. Don't ask that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one issue that came up when we talked to uh, Councilmember Harris was uh, the housing issue. Uh, And that's a concern not just locally, but that's across the country. Are there certain ways the town could could more proactively think about that as it uh, determines where homes, where subdivisions and the like should be built and how they should be built? Well, I think, you know, that's been part of our philosophy since I've been mayor, that uh, that we really try as much as possible focus on what's called, what Kimberly likes to call it, and I think it's accurate, is equitable housing, not necessarily affordable housing, calling it affordable housing. Um, and that is something that we talked about in our uh, uh, uptown South update plan, not the most current one, but the first one we did to to kind of vision for that, is that we have more um, um, equitable housing as a result of that. And that's, you know, likely going to be 
in that area, multifamily. But uh, in single-family areas, yes, we we need to as much as possible. The the barrier for that right now is uh, is inflation and the cost of building materials and the demand for housing. It just makes it very very difficult uh, to build housing at a price we could have built three years ago. That was Town of Normal Mayor Chris Coos speaking with WGLT's Eric Stock. This is Sound Ideas, WGLT's news magazine. I'm John Norton. A Hayworth educator is one of 13 finalists in the running for 2023 Illinois Teacher of the Year. Katie Brummer is a high school English teacher. She's also been building a program in the small McLean County School District to create more pathways to college and careers. Brummer talks with WGLT correspondent Michelle Steinbacher about those developments and what it's meant to be named a regional finalist for the state award. This is year 16 at Hayworth High School. Before that, I taught in Chicago and St. Louis and Champaign. Uh, But currently, I am working as an English teacher and as a college and career readiness coordinator. So I have a couple different hats for this year. The Illinois School Board of Education names several regional candidates for Illinois Teacher of the Year. Can you tell us maybe why you think that you are one of those 13 nominees? Hayworth is a smaller school district, and you're going to be up there competing with teachers from Cook County and all across the state. Well, first, it was very humbling. I clearly work with many wonderful educators. I'm friends with many wonderful educators just in Bloomington Normal. So to think that I was chosen to represent a large swath of East Central Illinois is is really quite an honor and unexpected. In terms of my particular skill set, it may be that I've had different types of experiences and I've had the opportunity, especially here in Hayworth, to advance some programs and move things forward and kind of think a little bit outside the box. And I know that teachers do that all the time in their classrooms with kids, but there's a a little bit of programming I've gotten to do that kind of pushes things. What are some ways that you've been thinking outside of the box? Bringing some of the classes to Hayworth, to a small rural school, that the expectation may be that the offerings are not as abundant in a smaller school, but looking at the options that we had in this area and saying, I think we can do that. I think we have students that could do that, and I'm willing to try it. So we've been doing that with the Education 101 class. So we have a crew of individuals who are thinking about being teachers, and that's certainly something that's on the mind of people in this community and especially here with ISU in terms of education. And I'm obviously the ISBE is also concerned about encouraging individuals to enter the field of education. So that's been one piece that's been really exciting. But to have a, a small school and to offer a variety of options for our students, it's been a good opportunity. You have greatly expanded the AP offerings and the dual credit offerings at Hayworth Junior Senior High School. There are up to 48 college level credits available. Can you talk to that? Sure. And I definitely want to just clear up that I'm not doing that single-handedly, of course. Initially, we started with just a few AP classes. Students were interested in that experience. And so there are other teachers, of course, that are involved in that. Uh, We have an AP history class. We have an AP human geography class. And then we started to expand into the dual credit. So that is the relationship with Heartland Community College, where students are concurrently earning high school credit. And if they pass, of course, then they also earn credit through Heartland. They are developing their Heartland transcript while they're finishing their high school credits. 
if I was a student at Hayworth High School and I was considering taking a dual credit class, Education 101, what would I be learning? So we have a textbook that covers your introductory uh, education material. So we're looking at history of education in America and philosophical foundations and pedagogy and those types of things. But we also branch out and they visit classrooms within our district and outside of our district. And there's a, a guided observation sheet, but I want them to start thinking about how did the teacher create the space? How are the students responding? What activities are they doing? How did any challenges how were those challenges met? So they get to go out in the world and they get to, to see people um, in the field. And we actually just had an exchange with Normal Community High School, uh, Normal Community, Normal West, Olympia, Bloomington, and Hayworth have some version of a, an education 101 type class. So we did an exchange so my students could see a large school and then the Normal Community students could experience a small school. As the career readiness coordinator another piece of that is working with the bloomington area career center can you tell us about your work with that and again that's a program that hayworth has been coordinating with for many years um, and they are expanding we go to their career fair um, every year and take students and they can see the options that they have there this area has so many opportunities in terms of labor and construction and BACC and just the, the bridges that are being built between schools and other aspects of the community in terms of education or training or certifications for jobs is really growing. So just in the year or so that I've been really involved in this process, I've learned and communicated with a great number of people. So McLean County has lots to offer for our students, which is great. The Illinois Teacher of the Year, part of the award is kind of being an ambassador for the state. A recipient of that award would get a sabbatical. Have you given any thought to what that would be like? Um, that's a little overwhelming to think about just logistically in terms of how of how that works. Um, but that would be a great honor to visit other schools and talk about the state of education in Illinois and I have a sense that I would be very much inspired by all the interesting things that were going on in different schools. Um, but I honestly haven't haven't thought too far um, ahead to, to that. That was Hayworth High School English teacher and Illinois Teacher of the Year finalist Katie Brummer with WGLT correspondent Michelle Steinbacher. The winner will be announced next month. And tomorrow on Sound Ideas, you'll hear from another McLean County teacher gaining notice, Normal Communities' Ricky King, who recently was named Illinois Bilingual Teacher of the Year. High school productions are getting canceled after parents complain about content. In Ohio, students pushed back and Broadway stood with them. On the next Morning Edition from NPR News. Wake up with Morning Edition tomorrow on WGLT, part of the NPR Network. Thanks for listening to Sound Ideas. This is WGLT's news magazine. This winter, Natalie Phelps Finney was appointed as the new director of the Illinois Department of Natural Resources, that is pending state Senate confirmation. Previously, she was a deputy director for the department. She's also served as a state representative for part of Southern Illinois and as a nurse. Dr. Finney talked with Melba Lara from Chicago Public Media about her new role and how climate change affects the Department of Natural Resources' work. Your department certainly does a lot of work in a number of areas, wildlife planning, oil and gas management, nature conservation. 
Where in your work would you say is the impact of climate change most apparent? So I would say, you know, speaking for our biologists, they're seeing things every day, you know, whether it's um, the invasive species, um, increase in disease, we're seeing chronic wasting disease in greater numbers. Um, and this all has a domino effect and it's a multi-pronged problem, right? So um, you have invasive species and habitat loss that puts more strain on your endangered species. I know in our area in Southern Illinois, we're seeing lots of armadillos. You never saw armadillos this far north, and yet you're seeing those. Um, and, and, you know, in and of itself, I'm glad to see armadillos. I'm not opposed to having armadillos here, but what we don't see is how these changes really strain certain strained and endangered species. Um, so the smallest things can make the biggest difference. I would relate it back to my, um, as a nurse practitioner, back to the body. You know, you get one little electrolyte out of place and you think, no big deal. Well, it is. It's life-threatening, even that one, one factor being out of place. Illinois, of course, is a pretty big state. We have rural communities. We have urban communities. We have suburban communities. How are your priorities different for urban areas versus rural communities? In the urban communities, one, you know, major concern is the urban heat island effect and the lack of trees. So we're looking at ways we can we can add trees to um, our urban areas. And then in, in some of the rural areas, you know, we're looking at removing hazardous trees, um, like those that were killed by the emerald ash borer. So those dead ash trees um, become a hazard. And so that's just kind of, you know, just, just forestry, one example in forestry, how it's different from, from urban goal versus the city goal. One of the nice things about being a new director of an agency is you also get to focus on projects that might be near and dear to your heart. Is there anything that you have been looking at and looking forward to kind of focusing on that means a lot to you? I'm a conservationist at heart. We have this one planet and we, get the, we have this one chance to, to right the ship. And it's so important that we all do our part. So overall, the big thing for me as the, as the director of IDNR is to lead by example. And the main point I want to make here, Melba, is that we need to do it by bringing people along. So you asked me about a big priority. It is, you know, I'm from Southern Illinois where we hit coal mines and people are very angry still about those loss of jobs. And it's not about the coal. Nobody wants to damage the environment. It's about the jobs. And so people felt alienated. So how do we go forward and get people's buy-in and, and get people really to understand this is a real problem and bring people along in this journey, this, this very important mission that we have in front of us. That was new Illinois Department of Natural Resources Director Natalie Phelps Finney and Mel Lara from Chicago Public Media. And that is Sound Ideas Today. WGLT's news magazine is made possible in part by Bloomington Normal Audiology. I'm John Norton with Story Help Today from WGLT's Eric Stock and Michelle Steinbacher and IPR's Mel Ballora. The show was produced by Samantha Hill. This is 89.1 FM, WGLT and WGLT.org. Bloomington Normal's public media, part of the NPR network.